it's a mess right now up front. Tennessee's trying to bring in some guys from the transfer portal, and it did not go well this past weekend. So what now for Tennessee on the offensive line? That and a whole lot more. It's your Monday Locked on Balls. You are Locked on Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, happy Monday morning, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Balls. I am your host, Eric Kane. We're a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it is your team every single day. And a big shout out to Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase the Jace case, providing you with a uh, personal supply of five antibiotics. They treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That is J-A-S-E medical.com. we got a lot to talk about today. As I said in the cold open, not a very good weekend for transfer portal recruiting. Who are the, some of those names, and, and where do you stand now? Where do they stand now with Tennessee? Uh, plus, Tennessee did get some good news from a 2025 tight end commit, and uh, we'll tell you all about that one, the fifth commit for Tennessee in the class of 2025. And then Tennessee basketball, man, what a statement against Ole Miss. That and a whole lot more coming up here on your Monday edition of Locked on Ball. So, Tennessee, of course, it's already brought in four, already has four commits from the transfer portal. If you're watching on YouTube, you see it there, you know, flashing on the bottom line. You got Holden Stays, the tight end, Jacoby Thomas, the safety, Jabal McCoy, the cornerback, and, uh, of course, Chris Brazel, the wide receiver. Um, last portal cycle, I think Tennessee brought in eight maybe nine if I'm not mistaken. Of course, still not over. I mean, the deadline to get in for this window of the transfer portal, that was uh, for Tennessee, that was midnight on Saturday. So it's come and gone. Of course, there's going to be another transfer portal window in the spring. But Tennessee can still get guys out of the portal, meaning if you're in the portal, you can still elect to choose and commit where you want to go. You just need to be in school by the time classes roll around in January. And remember, Tennessee's classes don't start until January 21st, about a week later than most programs around the country. And really, you have until that ad drop date. So you're kind of looking at the 1st of February, to be completely honest. But nonetheless, you know, it's just a matter of showing up for classes if you're a transfer portal. So a portal guy. So if you are in the portal right now, Tennessee is still trying to actively recruit you and get to campus. And so are other schools across the country. So Tennessee's trying to get help on the offensive line, both a guard and a tackle, because Gerald Mincy elected to go into the transfer portal late last week. Some of those names that were expected to be in town to take in a Tennessee visit this weekend, Kansas transfer offensive lineman, Armage, God's his name, it doesn't matter, he already committed somewhere else, but Armage Reed Adams from Kansas, who is in town. We'll start with him here in a moment, but he's already committed to Texas A&M which is not great. Uh, Lance Hurd, former five-star offensive tackle commit to LSU, the number one rated player in that class, was in town before like a little whirlwind of six to seven hours, and then he was quickly on to Oklahoma. And then Diego Pounds was supposed to be in, and just full disclo- disclosure here at the time of this recording, late on a Sunday evening, he still not made it to campus. And remember, the dead period starts Monday at 12.01 a.m., 12 a.m., Monday's the dead period. Now things open back up for those guys to take visits next weekend, but there's a dead period right now. So there was a rush to get guys on campus to take in all that Tennessee had to offer. So let's go with these guys. One, two, three. These were the headliners. Okay. Yeah. The quarterback McMurray, who was on campus as well. Doesn't feel like Tennessee is going to be a factor in there at this time, but these were the headliners. Okay. Because 
You got to protect your off. Your, you got to protect your investment, Nico Iamaliava. You've got to give yourself a chance to, you know, rush for two two thousand five hundred yards again next year. And there's a hole at guard. And honestly, there's probably a hole at tackle right now. Even though, I'll maintain this. Tennessee's in a much better position to have a hole at tackle because you have a guy in Dane Davis who has started countless games throughout his Tennessee career. Do you want Dane Davis to be your everyday starter? I think Tennessee would be fine. I think Tennessee would be okay and it would manage. But I do think that there's opportunities for upgrades, not just at that position, but at guard and some other spots as well. John Campbell's coming back for another year. Cooper Mays is coming back for another year. Javante Spragans, though he hasn't officially announced it, he's coming back for another year. Dane Davis is coming back for another year. Jackson Lampley. Those are kind of your veterans right there. And Gerald Mincy had acknowledged that he was going to come back. But then the court ruling saying the transfers can transfer again, he went ahead to the transfer portal. So Tennessee is trying to find a guard and a tackle. Well, Reed Adams from Kansas came in first, and he was on campus for, I believe, Friday into Saturday. Um, he has started 11 games in 2023 at right tackle. Over his course of his four years at Kansas, 31 games, 14 starts, some at guard, 11 at right tackle. Again, he's already committed to Texas A&M, which is a real, it's a real kind of a slap in the face because Tennessee thought they were in pretty good position on Saturday evening. But nonetheless, he came in first, and you know he he helped Kansas, you know, have a top ten rushing attack, two hundred and six yards per game. Tennessee, I believe, is two hundred and five yards per game on the ground in twenty twenty three. Nonetheless, a top ten rushing attack. He helped block and paved the way for that at Kansas. He played six hundred and five snaps in twenty twenty three. Um, it was between Tennessee and Texas A and M, and he was at A and M on Thursday and Friday before coming to Tennessee. So it went to A and M. Came to Tennessee. Tennessee felt good. It wasn't finished, but Tennessee felt good when he left campus on Saturday. And ultimately, he pulls the trigger and commits to Texas A&M on Sunday morning. Just a classic example. It's not this way every time, but it's a classic example that if you get the first visit, you're typically in better position, right? You're, you're, you're in better position than getting the third or the fourth or the fifth visit. So, Armage Reed Adams, no longer on the table. He commits to Texas A&M. Lance Hurd, former five-star prospect, LSU, the highest-rated prospect in the 2023 class in Baton Rouge. Um, he had one start, played in all 12 games this year, one start, 54 snaps against Grambling State, 19 snaps against Mississippi State, 59 snaps against Auburn, 58 snaps against Army, five snaps against uh, Georgia State. So got some experience, not a whole lot. He played 195 snaps on the season in 2023. Um LSU was set to return to four of its starters on the offensive line, so he was kind of looking around to see if maybe there was a quicker path to the field, maybe there was a better opportunity elsewhere, and though it didn't necessarily work out for the right tackle in year one as a true freshman, still a lot of upside. Still a lot that Tennessee, teams like Tennessee would say, hey, come on down, and we'll throw you in here, and we'll make it work. Uh, plays right tackle. Um and, um, you know, really, really high upside. This is between Tennessee right now, Tennessee and Oklahoma. We will see if Lance Hurd is going to take more visits next weekend when it opens up. But it's Tennessee and Oklahoma right now. And, um, you know, the, the Tennessee, I feel like, doesn't really have a feel on this one at this point in time. So you felt good about Reed Adams leaving campus. Wouldn't say you felt as good about Hurd leaving campus because he was just here for a couple hours, kind of like Chris Brazel was 
Granted, Chris Brazel committed to Tennessee, you know, a couple of weeks ago, but he was just here for a couple hours and then storming off to the airport to get on a plane and go to Norman. So you, you wanted to shut things down before you got on that plane and went to Norman. And we'll see here the, the, the first of the week, kind of where he is, Tennessee, Oklahoma. But uh, obviously Tennessee's in on that one. They're working that one. But you wanted to shut things down before he left campus. Wasn't able to do that. And then finally, Diego Pounce, North Carolina, left tackle. Um, he was in Ole Miss. He was in Oxford Friday and Saturday, kind of on into Sunday, because I believe his mother was delayed in getting to campus. So they kind of had to extend that visit. And if you're Ole Miss, you're like, hey, that works out perfectly in our favor, right? Was supposed to arrive on campus at some point on Sunday. Again, at the time of this recording, Sunday evening, he's not made it to campus. Um, if something changes and he's able to get in just for a couple hours, then I'll make sure to update it on Tuesday's show. But remember, the dead period is is Monday morning. The dead period is at midnight. And so he can't be on campus. So at the time of this recording, it looks like Diego Pounds is not going to be making it to campus. He's a guy that has two years of eligibility remaining. He played 783 snaps in 2023 Okay, for North Carolina. He plays the left tackle position. Just another guy that's experienced, another guy that Tennessee could work in on the offensive line and that Tennessee was very much after. So I guess what I'm getting at here, you came into the weekend, was supposed to have three visitors on campus, two of which showed up, one of which has already committed elsewhere. The other left campus and went to Norman, Oklahoma. The third didn't make it to campus. So you came into the weekend with a lot of momentum and you end the weekend really just kind of wondering, so where do you turn now? Tennessee's got a hole at left guard. Tennessee's got a hole at right tackle. What is Tennessee going to do? Will Tennessee pivot and, and, and kind of turn it up on herd? Will things change in the coming hours and days? We'll see. Uh, you know, Diego Pounds, what does he end up doing? Does he commit to Ole Miss? No, we will see. This thing moves by the minute. You guys know that. But the fact of the matter is, Glenn Ellerby and staff have got to do a better job of when you get them on campus, closing things out. Tennessee does not recruit the offensive line position well enough, in my opinion. Um, that, that's got to change. It's got to change. And in my opinion, it's not name, image, and likeness related. I mean, some of that has to do with it. Of course, it always does, but every prospect's different. Um, it's in terms of spotting and evaluating talent, I think Glenn Elby's a great coach. I really do. I think he's good in the scheme. I think he's a good developer. But in terms of spotting talent and then closing in on the guys you get on campus, Man, that 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 that's got it. You got to do a better job in that regard, and and I think this weekend kind of just shows Exhibit A in that regard, right? Things change, things move by the minute, so we'll continue to update you on uh, Lance Hurd, Diego Pounds, of course, Reed Adam, uh, Adams already committed A and M. That's a bummer because Tennessee thought he was in pretty good position. Tennessee's still searching for some help on the offensive line, and uh, we'll give you up to the minute updates. Up to the minute updates as uh, they kind of come in here, right here on Locked On Balls. Uh, when we come back, Tennessee did get some good news from an off from an offensive tight end for the class of 2025. That and a whole lot more is coming up next right here on Lockdown Balls. Want to tell you about our friends over at FanDuel. Hey, the NFL regular season, it's now over. The playoffs are right around the corner. One of my favorite weekends in all sports, wild card weekend next weekend. So much fun, great competitive games. Plus, uh, we kind of, you know, my Titans are not in it, right? But I have a rooting interest because I play FanDuel Sportsbook every single weekend, and you can too. Right now, if you're a new customer, 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is safe, secure, 
super easy to use. All right. And there's so many different ways that you can bet live same game parlays. Those are so much fun. You can find bets in the new explore tab as well. Make parlay in the parlay hub, the best way for popular parlays, spreads, totals, props, so much more. It's all at FanDuel Sportsbook, FanDuel.com, FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bets a field goal. 150 in bonus bets guaranteed with a $5 bet. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on to make your first bet a field goal. FanDuel, it is the official partner of the NFL. All right, boys and girls, welcome back into your Monday edition of Locked On Vols. Again, I'm your host, Eric Kane. Thanks so much for being here. Um, big week coming up for Tennessee, obviously, in the transfer portal, Tennessee basketball. We'll get into that big win over Ole Miss that's coming up in segment number three. But Tennessee does start the week off with uh, some pretty good news. Tennessee gets a commitment from 2024 four-star tight end Jack <laughs> Van Dor Salaire. Van Dor Salaire. <laughs> I mean, literally, we didn't get video of him in his commitment, so we haven't heard him say um, his name just yet, but it's one of those names, and you're laughing at us right now. A lot of people say it's your jaw that no names. Well, when you're a four-star rated prospect from the state of Texas and you've never been on camera saying your name, it's kind of hard. Uh, Jack Vander Solaire commits to Tennessee. We're going to go with that for right now. Remember everybody trying to say Nico's name at first? Um, This is good, right? I mean, Tennessee now has commits from, let's see here, I believe five players for the class of 2024, 2025 now, excuse me, 2025. Let's see, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, five players. And Jack, the tight end, is Tennessee's highest rated player to date. Look over at the on three network. Tennessee has him or on three has him as the 281st ranked player in the country. 16th at his position and 45th in the state of Florida. He's as high as 192 92nd nationally twos 92nd nationally, according to two, four, seven sports. Um, you know, good looking kid, six foot five, 230 pounds. He is from South Lake, South Lake Carroll, Texas. And interesting enough, before Alec Ablin became the permanent tidings coach here at Tennessee, kind of got elevated. He was still an analyst, right? He offered Jack Bandesolaire. And that was kind of his first offer. And a little over a year later, he commits to Tennessee. And that's uh, that's really, really good. You know, some other teams like Baylor, Texas, USC were involved a little bit. Six foot five, 230 pounds. Um, just a good looking you know, tied in. This is what uh, Charles Power, the director of scouting and recruiting over at On3, had to say about Tennessee's new tight end commit for the class of 2025, Jack Vandesolaire. Said he's a versatile tight end, one who I think can uh, do a lot of different things within an offense. He plays all the formations at South Lake Carroll, both inline and detached as an H back. Hey, that's good because that's what he's going to be doing here at Tennessee. He plays all the four, he, um, he's very well rounded skill set. Uh, first off, pleasant surprise as a blocker. He blocks with great technique, gets underneath defenders, creates a push. He moves well to the second level. In addition to his receiving ability, which I think is promising as well. He can run routes. He's a natural pass catcher, shows good athleticism after the catch. So far, checking all these boxes, right? Um, being able to play in line, being able to play detached, which means in the slot, out wide, stuff like that. Uh, blocking, because we know how critical... Tennessee's tight ends are as blockers, you know, paving the way for 202,500 rushing yards this past season. So, so far, so good. 
for you know the scout from Charles Power on Tennessee's new tiny commitment. He goes on to say that his skill set is an ideal fit for Josh Heupel's offensive scheme. Quote, I think he's a good fit for what Tennessee does offensively when they play an up-tempo scheme. I don't think there's going to be a big adjustment to playing in Tennessee's scheme. I think the fact that he can play both attached and off the ball creates a lot of versatility when playing in an up-tempo offense. It allows him the ability to play within different formations, uh, within a drive, and playing in Tennessee's up-tempo offense. He runs well, catches the ball well, and I think his level of polish and well-rounded skill set can allow him to contribute fairly early in his Tennessee career if he gets bigger, faster, and stronger to make the physical adjustment. I think the skill set aside, he is a little ahead of the curve. He's a nice pickup for Tennessee and seems like a very good fit. Now, typically, when a national scout or an evaluator like Charles Powered on three kind of goes in and breaks down a commitment for Tennessee or LSU or Alabama or whoever, you know, you'll, you'll bring out the positives, but then you'll kind of slide in, well, he needs to work on this, needs to work on this, needs to work on this, very raw in this area. Not saying that... You know, Tennessee's tight end commits perfect because surely to goodness he's not. But there's not really any of that in this evaluation. Um, that that kind of struck me a little bit when I first read the impact analysis from Matt Ray over at VolQuest.com, my colleague. Um, re- really, really interesting because I mean, I used to make these impact analysis for Tennessee's recruiting. And, you know, when we work for rivals, I would call, you know, some of their guys the national perspective uh, for, for a national perspective when I couldn't get a hold of the coach. And, you know, they would say he does this well, this well, this well, but he needs to work on this. Didn't see a whole lot of that here. Reading a lot of what you like because it's going to fit in with Tennessee's offense really, really well. So what's this really mean for Tennessee in terms of the room right now? Well, Tennessee obviously has Ethan Davis coming up for next football season. Uh, You're going to have Holden stays. Both of those guys have multiple years of eligibility. So in theory, they would be back for 2025. Um, You know, when when this new commit would be stepping foot on campus as an early enrollee. Um, Emmanuel Koye would still theoretically be on campus as well. Very young, young room, because of course you had two six-year seniors and Jacob Warren and McCallum Castles, you know, leave the program. Tennessee is really hitting the restart button, button starting over at the tight end position. Uh, so again, he can come in, probably won't be rushed to the field, though. He's probably going to be equipped and kind of ready to go. Not not a finished product, but maybe more developed in terms of body size and mat and muscle mass and and just knowledge of the overall scheme and all that because of how he's used and whatnot at his high school, you know, state of place. So I think that's, you know, probably a good thing there for Jack Vandor Solaire. Um, What did he say about committing to Tennessee? Well, in a conversation with awesome price over at VolQuest.com, he said, Hey, going through the process, I was looking for a place that feels like home, but at the same time, a place I know the coaching staff has got my back in a place where I'd be proud to represent the T on the side of my helmet and wear those colors for the rest of my life. Man, in the era of the transfer portal, that's good to hear, right? That quote's good to hear. He said, that's why I picked Tennessee. Living in Knoxville, I really like the town also. Those are the main reasons why I picked Tennessee. Ask about Alex a- Alec Ablin. said he's a really great guy. Had some time to really talk to him and kind of get to know him, not just football mind, but also as a person. Feel that he is a guy that I really, really want to go to work for and uh, as a guy that's going to have my back, and of course, I'll have his back as well. When asked about Josh Heupel, he said, I think he's a really cool guy. There's uh, no one that I'd rather go to work for than him. Just watching him on the sidelines during games, how his presence goes good, you know, when, when bad things might be happening, how he handles the adversities. You know, I admire him, and I really think he's a fun guy. So, again, a lot of good things to say about Al Gablin, Josh Heupel, and Tennessee. And you can go check out all the comments 
you know, that he had with VolQuest at the time of his commitment with Awesome Price over there at VolQuest.com. A lot of good things to say. Tennessee gains the commit, a 2025 four-star tight end, Jack Vandesalaire. Vandesalaire, we're going to go with that. He joins a 2025 committed class. He's the fifth commit for Tennessee with three-star running back Justin Baker, three-star defensive back Shamir Arnaud, three-star defensive back Dylan Lewis, and three-star defensive back Tyler Redman. All those defensive backs at this time listed as cornerbacks, but of course, you know, we'll figure that out once they get on campus. So, um, you know, I talked about in segment one, not the best weekend in terms of transfer portal, but you did get a commit for the class of 2025, and Tennessee's already off and running five commits before you even hit the first junior day in January. That is a good thing for Tennessee. Hey, when we come back, though, let's talk a little Tennessee basketball, shall we? Goodness gracious, Tennessee put on a statement against Ole Miss, undefeated Ole Miss over the weekend. That's coming up next right here on Lockdown Balls. All right, boys and girls, I know we come here, we talk sports, kind of escape from the crazy realities of real life, but can we just get real for just a moment about being prepared for life with Jace Medical? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics left and right. Worst of all, it's flu season. It's the worst flu season over a decade. I can attest to that because I've been sick here the last couple of weeks. It's a crazy time. It really is. I can't imagine being that helpless feeling. I don't have kids, but maybe you do. You know, my one of the family members, someone that I love being sick while supply chain issues kept them from some life-saving medications that they needed. Thankfully, we're going to be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace Medical, the Jace case is packed with five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, uh, skin infection, among others. This stuff can happen to any of us. With JaceMedical.com, the complete or visit JaceMedical.com to complete your physical uh, encounter. It's going to be reviewed by a board of certified physicians, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacist at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. I encourage you. It's an option for you. It's an option for me as well. Go to JaceMedical.com and use the promo code Locked On to get twenty dollars off your order. Again, an option for you. JaceMedical.com. Use the promo code Locked On to get twenty dollars off your order. That's at JaceMedical.com. More to come here on Locked On Balls. All right, it was a really, really, really good opening game in SEC play for the University of Tennessee over the undefeated, believe they were 13-0 Ole Miss Rebels. We knew that Ole Miss was improved with Chris Beard, first-year head coach. We know what he did at Texas Tech. We knew what he did at Texas. It's kind of mind-boggling that one year, essentially one year after being fired, he's right back coaching at a Power 5. Uh, but that that guy can coach. He's a really, really good coach. And so we knew that Ole Miss was improved, right? Um, Kermit Davis didn't leave the cupboard bare. They got some players. But we knew that they might be a little overrated, if you will, right now, in terms of kind of how good they can be. What an opening test for Ole Miss, then Tennessee, you know, top five team in the country, you know, Rick Barnes, veteran-led team, Vescovy, Josiah Jordan-James, Akai Ziegler, of course, Don Connect. What a test for Ole Miss to see kind of how good they are. Barometer meter test, right? And really for Tennessee in that same respect. Well, Tennessee came in and Tennessee whooped that tail. 90 to 64, the final score. Really, really good effort for Tennessee. And they jumped out to a big lead right out of the gate. It was an 18 to 6 lead about midway through the first half. Tennessee went, a, went on a 12-0 run to get that 18 to 6 lead. 
but Ole Miss wouldn't go away. Ole Miss cut it to three points at 18 to 15 with about seven minutes left in that first half with a little 9-0 run themselves. So Tennessee went on a run to really open things up. Ole Miss came back, cut it within three on a 9-0 run to make it 18 to 15. Well, Tennessee kind of, you know, stiffed on its way out to another lead, nine point lead at halftime, 40 to 31. Um, Tennessee ended that half by making five or six field goals. In fact, Jemai Meshack had the buzzer beater three-pointer from the corner, really from the wing there at the half as well, to extend it from a six-point lead to a nine-point lead. So that was fun. Um, but Tennessee really had a good first half. Shot 47% from the field, uh, shot 31% from three-point range after starting like, I think, one of seven from downtown. Was able to get up to 31%, which was you know magnificent in itself at the time because they were so bad at first. Five of 16 three-pointers in the first half. Jonas Adu got off to a strong start. 12 points in the first half. Um, Ziegler had five points, four assists. Dalton Connect, two points, two fouls in the first half. Well, Tennessee came back in, really began to open things up. A 20-point lead at 58-38 um, with 14-10 left in the second half. And then it was just kind of a route from there. Tennessee stomps Ole Miss 90-64, the final score. Um, overall, in the, in, the, in the basketball game, Tennessee shot 47%. Okay, 47% in this game. Sorry, I'm trying to find my notes here. 47% from the field, 36% from, from downtown, made 11 of 33 point shots and was 84% from the charity shop, 11 to 13, okay? Didn't shoot that many free throws, but did convert on the majority of them, 11 to 13. My favorite stats of this basketball game, all right? Not to mention, Tennessee absolutely dominated the boards, Okay. Tennessee out-rebounded Ole Miss 47-24. to I tweeted that out on Saturday night. Um, but also, my favorite stat from this basketball game, Tennessee totaled 25 assists in the game. So Tennessee assisted on 25 of the 34 made field goals. Tennessee was 34-72 field goal shooting in the game. Tennessee logged 25 assists. So on 34 of the made shots, 25 came from an assist. That's teamwork. That's sharing the basketball. That's doing good work. Tennessee did uh, record 10 turnovers in the win. Ole Miss had 11 turnovers, but man, Jonas Adu is getting the praises from his head, head basketball coach as well. Rick Barnes even said post game. He's not one to compliment a lot. He's not one to shower praise, but he shower praise on Jonas Adu. Jonas Adu is a really, really talented basketball player. Continues to come into his own here. And if you can count on maybe not a 20 points out of Jonas Adu every game, but if you can count on 10 points and rebounds out of Jonas Adu every game in SEC play, that's good. That's really good. Jonas Adu leads the way 24 points and 10 rebounds. You had 17 points from Sky Ziegler, 17 points, 10 assists. So a double-double there from double Zs. You had 11 points from Santiago Vescovi. He was really quiet in the game. Four non-shooting, three of eight from three-point range. He had 11 points, four assists. You had 10 points from Jamon Meshack, who was pretty solid in this game. Four of eight from the field, two of three from three-point range. So he made two three-pointers, including the buzzer beater there before the first half ended. But 10 points, also had four assists, also had two steals, also had one block. Jamon Meshack is just a stat sheet stuffer, just like Josiah Jordan James is. Eight points, four assists, two steals, and a block assist. Um, Josiah made... 
four of his eight points there in the first couple of minutes of the game to really kind of get Tennessee going. I thought kind of jump started the Tennessee offense, but I mean, what a statement, right? I mean, does this mean you're, you're hanging the final four banner? No, Tennessee still has 17 other Southeastern conference games to go, but this was a really, really good statement against, I think it's a quality basketball team, a little overrated. Absolutely. But a quality basketball team that has coached really well in Chris Beard. Um, so there was just a, a whole lot to like, um, about, uh, this basketball game. So I want to read you real quick, just a couple quotes from Chris Beard post game. Um, just kind of goes to show you what this game meant or, or what he thinks about the Tennessee basketball team. <coughs> Excuse me. So this is a couple of quotes, some short quotes here from Chris Beard's post game following the 90 to 64 loss to Tennessee. Really just kicked us. We literally just got whipped. Those are some grown men over there. The team one basket away from beating Kansas and Purdue, and we're sitting here today, they're probably the number one overall team in the country. Some high praise there from Chris Beard on the Tennessee basketball team. <clears throat> Excuse me. Rick Barnes also, as I mentioned earlier, kind of what he said in post game, said I have a hard time complimenting people. Yet he complimented Jonas to do a lot. Jamal Meshack said, hey, that's one of the that's one of the truest quotes I've ever heard in Coach Barnes. When Coach Barnes said I had a hard time complimenting people. So again, there was smiles all around. Tennessee did a really, really great job getting off two SEC play with a one and record. Tennessee is now eleven and three. Mind you, Ole Miss was thirteen and zero. Sorry, Ole Miss was thirteen and zero, thirteen and one now. Oh, one in SEC play. Tennessee is now eleven and three and one and zero in SEC play. So, a uh, really, really good start for Tennessee in SEC play. Got a lot going on against Ole Miss, and Tennessee's going to be back into action. Well, I pulled up the uh, I pulled up the wrong schedule there. That was the football schedule. Excuse me. Tennessee's going to be back in action against Mississippi State on Wednesday. Against Mississippi State, that game's going to be in Starkville at 7 o'clock Eastern time. Thank goodness it's not a 9 o'clock Eastern time start just because it's going to be in Central time zone. But 7 o'clock Eastern time on Wednesday against Mississippi State. What a great start for Tennessee and SEC play. And we'll uh, recap that game on uh, Thursday and Friday's Lockdown Vols as well. All right, guys, that's going to do it. Appreciate you for being here. Let's see what Tennessee does in the transfer portal. Let's see if anything comes out of some of those offensive linemen that Tennessee is desperately targeting. Got to get those offensive linemen in the boat. We'll see what Tennessee does here this week, and we'll talk about it all. We'll recap it all right here on Lockdown Balls. Don't forget, Twitter Tuesday, that happens tomorrow. Any questions, comments, concerns, get them in at underscore Kaner and at Lockdown Balls. Until then, guys, have a great rest of your Monday, everybody.